Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keep it simple, stupid. But what that really means to me here and for this tip is basically delivering something simple now. It's very easy for an entrepreneur with this great grand idea, you need this feature, that feature, it won't be perfect until we get, you know, 10 years of development and then we can launch it kind of thing. No, the simple answer is the best one. Get it launched tomorrow, even if it's imperfect, just keep it simple, deliver that value and then iterate on it. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. Today, we have a timely topic around attracting and hiring great employees. Our guest today is Scott Hirsch. Scott is the CTO of Talent Marketplace. This is a platform that offers direct connection between employers and job seekers through an online approach. In this episode, we talk about why companies need to allow their workers to work remotely, or at least in a hybrid model, how to automate the hiring process, but keep it human-centric the importance of defining company culture before rushing into recruitment. And lastly, what is the most important benefit that companies can offer to their employees? It's an interesting answer here. This is a fun conversation and it's an important one too. Let's talk with Scott. Hey, Scott, thanks so much for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Tyler, for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I always love to start out with, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. So I'm Chief Technology Officer or CTO at Talent Marketplace. And so what that really means is, is I'm in charge of the technology, the platform, the product, the integrations at, uh, at a recruitment platform company. And what we do at Talent Marketplace is help connect employers with job seekers through an online approach. Yeah, it's, it's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the show. And I'm, I was so excited about it is, you know, as we know right now, the great resignation and pretty much every client I interact with either retaining or building this high-performing team, they usually start the relationship with me because they're having challenges with that. What are you seeing in the marketplace? And what are your thoughts just in terms of like the great resignation and what small business owners can do to overcome this challenge right now? You're absolutely right, Tyler. Like a lot of folks, employees are revisiting their choices in life given the pandemic. And they're choosing to live their lives a little bit more. Perhaps that means being a career change or choosing to work from home or making an absolute big change in their lifestyle as well. 
So what we're seeing in the market these days is indeed what you're hinting at there. More employees are taking the time to revisit in their current jobs, considering looking at other jobs. And also just a lot of pressure on the technology sector. There's a high demand for different types of roles, particularly for software developers and things like that. And employers are really struggling to keep and retain the best talent too. Yeah, yeah. What do you think are some of the workarounds there? Like, what are you seeing in the marketplace? Are employers obviously being more flexible about remote work is is probably a a common one. What are other things that you're seeing that employers are doing creatively to attract people and retain them? You're absolutely right there again on that first point too. So we're actually seeing a lot of talent and employees demanding that they're, the ability to work from home, at least in a hybrid capacity. We're seeing that employees or people changing jobs won't even consider a job that doesn't at least offer some work from home option. So there's a lot more power in the hands of the candidates these days to demand that kind of stuff. And the different things that employers are doing to help retain talent are, include things like providing that option to work from home and even going a little bit further and providing a bit of an allowance to buy a desk or a new monitor, other little gadgets to help make their work from home life a little bit easier too. Yeah, it's true. I mean, everything you can do to kind of make people enjoy while they're working, I'm sure, is a benefit. What do you find? You know, I know you're in the technical space or you software developers you mentioned. What are you seeing as far as in the small business world? Are you more like augmented staff where it's a temporary placement? Is it perm placement? How do you work as far as helping businesses with, with talent? That's a great question. The way that we typically help businesses with talent is on a permanent basis. Okay. So most of the roles that we deal with are uh, time staff employees. We do occasionally find the occasional contract in there, too. but that also applies internally at our company as well. Like we are mostly staff employees. We find that gives them the security and the confidence and the long-term uh, horizon for them to be confident in the business and, you know, basically set up their life too. We're seeing that honestly, like there is a bit more demand on just both sides for contract workers as well as staff workers overall. I would actually say the percentage split between those two hasn't really changed too much, but I would also say that just demand overall has increased for that kind of worker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually amazed. And I imagine it has to do with the gig economy. There's just this whole perception now. Contract is a lot more acceptable. You know, many years ago, you wouldn't normally see people leaving a perm job to go into a contract role. And nowadays, it's actually relatively common uh, for people to take on a contract role from a perm role, just because I think it's because of the gig economy. Do you see that a little bit in your business? And what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, absolutely. We do definitely see a lot more folks leaving full-time permanent roles to pursue contracts instead. And there's a few reasons behind that. Like, firstly, contract rates are often a little bit lucrative. You don't necessarily have the security of the benefits that go along with it. But, you know, you're making $100, $150, $200 an hour. You can buy your own insurance, I think. So (laughs) there's that side of it. But the other side of it, too, is just market availability. So what I mean by that is I live in Vancouver, Canada, a beautiful place to live and work. That being said, too, though, like I've taken contracts in the past based out of Calgary or Toronto, down in the States from Silicon Valley and things like that as well. So when you are a contract worker, you actually have a little bit more availability to work remote. Mm. So that's also just a trend that we've been seeing with the COVID uh, pandemic is that Folks are, you know, they want to work from home a little bit more. So you have to work 100% remote if the company is based out of California or something like that and not based out of California. So even if your current employer is offering a hybrid model for coming to the office and working from home, maybe you want to make the big switch and, you know, pursue that contract. Yeah. Sure, there isn't necessarily like, uh, you know, a long horizon on that, but usually the money makes up for it. Yeah, that, that was a great point you made. I, I long time ago, I had someone that was considering a perm position 
and she actually selected a contract position. And I'll never forget, I was talking with her about benefits. And I said, well, look at all the benefits you get. And your package is probably more than you're making on this contract basis. And she goes, well, I don't really want any of those benefits. I don't want vacation and I don't want this and I don't want that. I just want to get paid more so I have more money. And so it did kind of hit home back then that, you know, it's kind of for contractors, it can be kind of like an a la carte. Uh, They'll just pick what they do want. Um, You know, I know even some contractors, I don't want to make this all about contractors, but some even will work six month gigs and then they'll take three months off and then they'll roll back and they'll work another six months. So it gives people options, I think. And I think that's part of the whole remote world too. There's just employees, people working, they want more flexibility and options, I think is what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely right. And I love what you said about benefits there too, because depending on your life stage, you need certain benefits and you might not need other ones. I'm a young single entrepreneur. I don't necessarily need dental for my kids, right? Right, right. <laughs> so like, that's not something I would place a high priority on. But if that's just the package that's coming, that then employer is coming to the table with for everybody, it might not be the right fit for me. But yeah. yeah, that's one of the interesting things that we're seeing in the market for sure. Yeah, great point. So let's talk about your technology. I'm always fascinated in recruiting and staffing. AI and automation has been something that has been talked about I think it's been a good 10 years now. It's at least more in the mainstream. I haven't really seen it yet where it's had a big impact. At least I'm sure on really large-scale databases has, but just in terms of just day-to-day how it affects recruiters. I'm curious, what's your model like? What are you guys trying to do? And whatever you could share, I'd love to know what tools you're using. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I'll actually say here is I was wrong. So what I mean by that is, is I initially went into this business uh-huh. thinking that, well, we could machine learning and automate absolutely everything and completely yeah. solve the hiring process. We're just going to, you know, put candidates here and employers over there and the machines are going to take care of everything. I'm going to sit back and profit, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be nice? Sure. But uh, it didn't quite work out that way. What we found particularly in the hiring process is it's very human centric and that's right. so, so important to the process. So what we've actually done is pivoted ever so slightly from our original approach to incorporate humans and a human touch throughout the entire process. So we do have machine learning automations and a whole bunch of machines basically that help speed up the entire process, but there's human checkpoints along the way to make sure that machines are doing the right things, they're finding the right people, they're not biased in any kind of way, and that they're actually speeding up the process. But we also have human beings to make sure that we're checking in with people on a regular time. Like we can all tell when we're getting an email template, right? (laughs) So it's like, we wanna make sure you get that phone call or that customized email or whatever it might be so that uh, everybody's moving along towards the right goal. But he also asked a little bit about tools there too. So what we do have is a custom-built uh, talent marketplace platform, and it's based off the Django web framework. We have some Amazon web services that are helping us with some of the machine learning components. It's also fully integrated with our internal CRM system called Salesforce. That one's fully customized and built out as well, and we have a real-time integration going between the two so that our like account management team and recruitment team and all that fun stuff has direct access and visibility to all the actions that are happening on the platform. And then our wonderful development team helps us spin up and make the platform better every single day. So I'm really excited about where we're headed for the next year as well. What does this mean from a client perspective? So a client comes to you and they need a program manager or a software developer. What does that look like in your process? Are you, is the automation kicking in first and then humans getting involved in terms of kind of massaging it, if you will? Is that what that looks like? And what does that end result mean to the client? Yeah, that's a great question. So what it really means, the automation means for the end employer there is that we have a very actually small, intentionally small database of actively seeking green screen candidates. There's only ever really maybe a few hundred up to about 500 in there. And that's deliberate on purpose, right? 
Otherwise, we would just say, you know, go to LinkedIn, search the millions of unscreened candidates there, have none of them reply to you, okay, maybe one or two. Right. Whereas like if you're on Town Marketplace and you're looking through this three to 500 candidates, these are all people that are going to respond to you and they're all very high quality. So that's the first way that our automation and our machines deliver value to our employers. Secondly, when they actually have a job that they're looking for, they post world on talent marketplace and then the machine learning algorithms and the human beings, because that essential human touch is in there too, get to work. And that highlights, initially the machines highlight 10 of the best fit candidates. And then our recruitment human touch team goes in and then they narrow down that list of 10 to maybe three or four. And then those three or four are the ones that actually get forwarded to the employer. From there, they can go in and request the interview, review the resumes, the salary data, and other pieces that are there as well. And they know that they're high quality, all the profiles will be complete. And so that's how the automation really helps deliver the best fit candidates uh, to the employers. If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. From there, they can go in and request the interview, review the resumes, the salary data, and other pieces that are there as well. And they know that they're high quality, all the profiles will be complete. And so that's how the automation really helps deliver the best fit candidates uh, to the employers. Is there something employers can do in terms of whether it be the job description or whether it be the interview process that you feel could improve their not only being able to, in a competitive market, being able to retain the services of someone, but also ensure that they're more accurate in who they're hiring? Yeah, that's a great question that we actually get quite often. Right. So one of the really important things, particularly for small business owners, is really highlighting like the local aspect of what they're doing. Oftentimes, let's just be honest, like I'm a small company too. I can't compete and hire a developer at the same level as Amazon or Microsoft or Google or something like that, right? right. We don't have the compensation ability to do that. We don't have mentorship or the processes or anything along those lines. So what can we compete on are the local aspects and more of the community piece there too. So what I'd recommend for employers putting in the job descriptions or when they're doing the interview process is highlighting those like local pieces, mentorship, the community that they wouldn't necessarily be able to build or get at one of the larger organizations, particularly if you can't compete on something like compensation. Yeah. Yeah. Or having 12 restaurants on campus or 36 <laughs> restaurants or however yeah. many it is, that's kind of hard to compete with too. Yeah. <laughs> I always chuckle. We we used to have, you know, I'm in the Bay Area. So we used to, a lot of our clients were, you know, the major top tech companies. And every time we'd go visit one of these companies, I mean, they would have a different restaurant, gourmet restaurant, free food for all the employees. And we'd always, of course, chuckle about it and of course, enjoy the food. But, um, you know, sometimes it's getting, it's more commonplace now where I think people are, I mean, it's less of a big deal, but it is, it is another form of competition, right? When you're a small business and you're not providing breakfast, dinner, and lunch to all your staff, you know, you have to find other ways. I think, do you find from your client base culture also, I mean, really, being extra aware of culture and bringing in, you know, people that are good matches for that culture. Do you find that's kind of a challenge or is it in this market employers are paying less attention to that because they just need to hire whoever they can? 
You know, culture still really plays a really big part in the hiring process. And I'd actually say that that's one of the areas that the human touch is so important and the machine learning actually falls a little bit short there too. But the really important thing there, what we work with employers on is defining what that culture fit means. It's so easy for employers to get, uh, I don't want to say complacent, I suppose, in saying like, oh, this person's on a culture fit. Okay, well, what does that mean? Does that mean they don't communicate the way you communicate? Does that mean they don't look like what you look like? Does that mean something else? Like what we need to do is sit down with employers quite often and say, okay, when you say culture fit, what does that mean? Does it mean like their communication style or where they come from or like what their skill set is or like how they solve problems or something along those lines? So there's good aspects to that, but there can also be some challenging aspects to that culture fit question too. Yeah, yeah, that does bring back days when when you know you kind of need to know if you're trying to find the right person for them what they mean by those words and they can really have a wide definition. Yeah, that's interesting that brings back some memories. So what do you think uh you know, how do you get people to stay? Obviously culture is part of it, but what are some other things that you see that companies are doing really well to get people to stay? They actually retain people. Yeah, what the most successful companies we've seen do is provide the best learning opportunities, Mm. particularly in the technology space. A lot of what folks are looking for when they go into a technology job is the ability to learn, to make an impact, to continue to develop this skill set. A lot of the time, software developers particularly are very curious and technology focused and they want to try out that new technology or this new technology. So giving them ability to you know, try out that new technology, implement it, learn, fail, but come back and do it again is really, really important. So I think the most important thing for employers to provide uh, for that retention is just basically the learning opportunities. Yeah. I had a guest on my podcast not too long ago and he wrote a book and, and one of the concepts in his book was you should really be hiring people with the intent to train them for their next job. Of course, you don't want to lose anyone, but the reality is if you go in with that type of mindset, you're caring about them so much and their well-being of growth that the hope is, you know, maybe they do stay with you for a long time, but there's also the possibility you're growing them for their next adventure at some point. Yeah, you're so right. And what that also builds is a lot of trust. So then if when that person does intend to leave the company, they're usually really transparent about it. They'll give you more than the two weeks notice, hopefully. And when you're having regular one-on-ones or whatever it is with that employee, you can say like, oh yeah, like, you know, next month, I think I might like look for another job. That's awesome. Let's start the handoff process. Let's make sure you're all set up to go on your next adventure, all that fun stuff, right? right. It is kind of unrealistic these days, particularly, like you said, with the gig economy, to expect people to stay at your company for 20 or 30 years. Yeah, Scott, that's a great point. In fact, that was his other part of it, is he said, you know, what you find is people, if you treat people that way, they're often a lot more open about their next adventure and what they need in terms of their own personal growth and why they're doing it. And it also kind of opened my eyes as he was talking about it. His comment was, you also, you know, normally you think when someone leaves, they you kind of close the door. It's like they're gone. They're not coming back. But when you have this type of relationship, it actually is, I think he had an example that someone came back like three years later, way more skilled than when they left. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So it like creates this whole like, nothing's permanent, right? Like, yeah, you may go somewhere else and you're going to gather some skills and some experiences that you may bring back some here someday, hopefully, that's going to now make you more valuable to this organization. So it's kind of a really a deeper mindset of thinking and how you treat people. I actually, I love it. I mean, the thought, the concept and idea of companies doing that because I think it's it's what's in the best interest of the employee, right? Yeah, and it's also in the best interest of the employer, I think too. True. Right, like, I can give you another example of this as well. Like at Tal Marketplace specifically, we had a marketing student 
work with us for over a summer full-time, right? And But they went back to school, uh, continued the relationship with us, did part-time marketing for a period of time, uh, went off, worked a couple of years at a big consulting firm, but he still did some like consulting for us on the side kind of thing. And now he's a really big company as well. Wow. He still does a little bit of consulting with us on the side too. He comes back, brings great ideas from his workplace to us and shares them with us and stuff like that. So like, it's a great long-term relationship type building situation if you just support people in their growth journeys. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's a great story. So, hey, I got one more question for you. This is a short one. I got one more question for you. Do you have a, a business tip or a life tip that we can apply to our lives today? Anything come to mind? Yes, absolutely. It's KISS. It's probably something you've heard of before, but keep it simple, stupid. But what that really means to me here and for this tip is basically delivering something simple now. It's very easy for an entrepreneur with this great grand idea, you need this feature, that feature, it won't be perfect until we get you know 10 years of development and then we can launch it kind of thing. No, the simple answer is the best one. Get it launched tomorrow, even if it's imperfect, just keep it simple, deliver that value and then iterate on it. I love that. So almost a little bit of, I would even say maybe failing fast type mentality too. Yeah. Just get it out there, test it and keep improving. I love that. I mean, the faster you do that, the quicker you can either pivot or you can build on something great. Wonderful advice. Love it. So, hey, I'll put in the notes your website. It's talentmarketplace.ca. I'll put that in the show notes. If anybody wanted to reach out to you or just get to know more about you or your company, anywhere else you'd like them to go? Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. So just Scott Hirsch on LinkedIn under Talent Marketplace. You should be able to find me there too. Okay, Scott. Hey, thanks so much. I hope you have a great weekend. I, I've loved this discussion. Hope to have you on in the future again. Thanks so much for having me, Tyler. Have a great day. You too. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Welcome to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing today. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.